0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 51 of Soul Speak, the podcast, and this is a very special episode. It's a little different. It might be a little bit longer, but definitely worth the listen. So I'm formatting it a little bit differently. I'm going to put right now a little clip from, oh gosh, now I need to explain all of it. (laughs) All right. It's very special because one of my best friends, Heather Friesen, is on the podcast, and a few years back something happened to heather while she was on a hike in hawaii and i remember that morning i remember that morning her now husband isaac sent my friend and i a message on instagram because we didn't even have his number i had to get a message request from him and it was just saying something happened to heather and i was so confused i remember i was sleeping on my friend's couch And I woke up, and I'm like, you know, blurry vision-eyed. I'm looking at my phone, and I'm like, what the heck? And then I called my friend Tiffany, and we were like, what the heck? And then I called Isaac, and we were like, what the heck? It was extremely bizarre. So you will get to hear all about that in this podcast and more importantly what she has taken away from this experience and that's really what I want to get across because I think that's the most important part to it right I talk a lot about you know nothing happens for you everything happens oh I said that totally wrong nothing happens to you everything happens for you and that's the idea here nothing happens to you that does not happen for you. And so Heather sharing this story is so, so, so beautiful because she has some amazing, beautiful words that she shares with people from this. So right here is just a little clip from um, part of her speech that she had given about this to an audience a while back. And she actually sent me this recording. And I specifically wanted to put this in here because this little part that you guys will hear it's from her journal entry from her journaling about the fall so she does this after the fall but she's a, such a good writer um, so you'll hear just from her mind from her words like what was going through her head what was happening what she was worried about and then what she was feeling during it what she was feeling so actually right now I'm putting in my favorite little piece from it because it's just a little piece of the, the okayness the stillness that she felt and I love it. I love it. And you can hear it in her voice. You can hear it in her words. And it's so beautiful. So here it is. And then you will hear the rest of that journal entry shortly after. And you will also hear our interview. So please listen because Heather is amazing. And you guys will take away so much from this. And it's such a unique, wonderful story. So much love. Much love to you. Much love to Heather. And kisses and kisses.
1: As I was lifted up through the trees, I was greeted by the sun. Its warm rays touched my cold skin, and I had to close my eyes because of its sheer brightness. Not a cloud in the sky, just the sun and all its warmth shining down on me. The sun that had made me happy since I was a little girl, that could make me forget every other worry and simply just be God's magnificent creation. So I laid there, unmoving, flying high in the sky in a basket tethered to the bottom of a helicopter, not afraid for my life but rather grateful for the promise of my future and for our amazing God. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) God's got me, I said to myself over and over again. I prayed that he would stay with me and protect me and that I would be okay. I absolutely cherished those few moments of utmost peace and warmth before chaos hit once again like a slap to the face.
0: I love that little piece I love that little piece um so yeah I feel like I'm back I have to say something because I can't just leave it at that and then start the podcast <laughs> so yes that was a little clip from her journal entry and then the rest is at the end I put it at the end of the podcast for you because she did talk about the accident and everything having to do with it during the podcast so You guys should listen to the rest and then at the end you will hear her full journal entry. So here is the podcast and I will talk to you later and kisses and love. We're about to get very real, a little silly, and you're gonna freaking love it. I'm Saren, body image and self-relationship coach, lifestyle, aka everything cute and inspirational, entrepreneur, Pilates and yoga instructor, and spirituality-loving person. Let's get real. We all think the same things. We all have those crazy thoughts. The Soul Speak podcast is here so that we can allow ourselves to have those weird, awkward, unheard of conversations that no one ever talks about and prove that they are normal. Topics on judgment, comparison, inner criticism, sex, lifestyle, and spirituality all will be found right here on this podcast. Each episode, guests and I will not only bring you new ways of thinking, but also bring light into your life all together. Now let's speak soul. Welcome everyone. Today I have a Special, special guest, and I'm I turned off the video, so I can't see her face right now, but I'm imagining her reaction <laughs> as I'm doing this. Oh, there's her voice. So her name is Heather Boyan, and she is actually a good friend of mine. I was in her wedding. That's how good. Hello. People. And I know her from back our hometown in Munster, Indiana, right outside of the Chicago area. But Heather has some amazing things to share and she is on an amazing journey and has been on an amazing journey for a long time. So even though she's one of my best friends, I had to have her on this podcast because I want you all to hear this beautiful story of hers and what she is spreading in the world. Um, I also listened to one of her talks the other day when I was at the gym, and I literally started crying. I was also on my period, but I was just crying. (laughs) It was ridiculous. But anyway, I usually don't introduce the guests this much before, but here's Heather. (laughs) Hello, Heather. Welcome.
1: Hi. (laughs) Thanks for that great introduction. (laughs) Oh, you're
0: welcome. I'm sorry I didn't say, and here's Heather Boyan.
1: (laughs) it's okay i also should probably say because isaac would be mad. isaac is my husband um that that i'm actually heather freezing now heather oh boy Friesen. freezing. what in- am i doing Is my real last name what am I, doing? I just have to have to say that otherwise you know i don't want isaac to be mad
0: <laughs> Isaac's gonna be mad at me oh God, i'm so sorry it's okay
1: that's all you've ever known me as is Heather Boyan, so it's fine. <laughs>
0: my phone is Heather Friesen. What am I doing? Oh my God. This is
1: totally fine. Just had to clarify. All
0: right, anyway, guys, Heather Friesen. So sorry.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I, I just did that. All right. Anyway, well, sorry, Isaac. Love you. And other reason. Oh my god, that's so funny. Now everyone knows both of your last
1: names. So. Yep, it's perfect.
0: <laughs> it worked out. Okay, yeah. anyway. So thank you so much, Heather, for coming on the podcast.
1: Of course. <laughs> Happy to be here. I forced her. <laughs> No, I've just been really busy and I'm glad that it finally worked out. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> yes, it finally worked out. So Heather is in California in Hermosa Beach yes. right outside of Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to have you go ahead, Heather, and tell everyone who you are and what you do. Okay.
1: Okay. All right. So as Saren said, we grew up together in Munster, Indiana. Um, so that's where I'm from, right outside of Chicago. Um, I wanted to get away from the cold as soon as I possibly could, so um, I grew up playing volleyball and uh, got a scholarship to play at Western Kentucky University in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So um, I went there and had some great volleyball, some great times there, and then um, played uh, fifth year of beach volleyball at University of Hawaii which was amazing um, and worked on getting my master's there and then uh, once I finished there I realized that I wanted to continue playing beach volleyball so I moved to the hub of beach volleyball which is um, in Southern California so uh, moved to LA two and a half years ago and you know to pursue the dream of playing beach volleyball professionally. Um, so I've been playing ever since. And a few months after I moved here, I also started working for FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, so I work for that organization and then I play beach volleyball and I've been married for a little over a year to Isaac, who's the best human ever. And Isaac um, Friesen. Yeah. Yes, Isaac Friesen, not <laughs> Isaac Boyan. <laughs>
0: Well that's good. You didn't marry your long lost brother. Yeah.
1: Uh, yep, that'd be kind of weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and who's your favorite sports team?
1: The Chicago Cubs. Go Cubs. Yeah. Yes. And any any Chicago team except for the White Sox. No one likes the White Sox. Well, Oops, sorry, did I say that?
0: <laughs> I have a White Sox hat.
1: <laughs> well you know that's all right I guess I'll allow it <laughs> thank you
0: actually it's really weird you saw probably that I was wearing this bears hat yeah yep <laughs> I I never this is my first time wearing it here actually and then one random guy was like what's that c stand for that Chicago oh my gosh. bears I'm like yeah it's the bears I'm from the Chicago area he's like shut down <laughs> That's awesome. I I love like connecting with Midwesterners though. I mean, do you feel the yeah. same when you're like across the country? It's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's lots of people out here that wear Cubs shirts because I I mean, Cubs fans are everywhere. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I. Here. I actually saw one in the gym the other day, um, and he was like picking up some dumbbells, um, and I walked by and he was wearing a Cubs shirt, and I was like. Got all excited and I said, "Go Cubs!" And then he just like gave me this weird look and walked away. Oh I think god. he forgot what shirt he was wearing or something. Oh my god, that's so
0: funny. Um, yeah. yeah, I do the same thing. And actually, you know the—I think it's—I learned it's the Colorado flag. You know the C.
1: The Chicago flag? You mean?
0: No, the Colorado flag. It has like a red oh, that yeah. kind of looks like the Cubs. And a lot of people wear that here. So I always think it's the Cubs and I'll be like, oh, are you from Chicago? And then I'll realize, oh, that's the Colorado. (laughs) But here, side note, you would like this story. I don't think I told you this. It was hilarious. So, i was at whole foods the other day of course and i walked by this table of these people they're like these older people and they have a bunch of papers on the table for the jewish federation so they were having some type of meeting for the jewish federation yeah and i walked past their table it was like i'm jewish and they all look at me and no one even like changes their facial expression what no I- even look at me like I'm crazy (laughs) I'm just like smiling and then I just walk away
1: (gasps) oh that's so funny that's how I felt when I said go Cubs to this guy
0: (laughs) (laughs) he probably Uh, did forget that he was wearing the shirt yeah probably probably. workout game (laughs) forget oh
1: my gosh that's great
0: (laughs) anyway so so guys Heather is going to share, or I'm going to have you share real quickly, Heather. I mean, even though it's so long, I just kind of summarize uh-huh. your story, what, you, what you've been sharing with everyone for the last couple years. Uh-huh. Um, and guys, like I said, I just listened to one of her talks and she hasn't recorded. So I'm going to actually put her journal entry from this event into this podcast. And I don't know where I'll insert it. Maybe I'll insert it here. Maybe I'll insert it in the beginning and the end. But... Um, you guys will actually be able to listen to that. It's about 10 or 15 minutes. So um yeah, it's it's a really it's a really powerful thing to listen to. But Heather, why don't you go ahead and share what you've been sharing with the world?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um so I know that was a big like, oh go ahead. Just hear this I know, thing. <laughs> I'm Trying to think of where to start. <laughs> why don't we start um,
0: with yourself in Hawaii? It all okay. started in
1: Yeah, it did. It did. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Lots of, uh, gosh, I lived in Hawaii for a little under two years and it was just, um, I don't even know how to explain it. Like the most transformative time of my life, that's for sure. Um, Met some awesome people uh, who just really helped me and grew me when I was there. Um, But Okay so so first of all for anyone who plays volleyball or knows anything about volleyball um there's a very big difference between indoor volleyball and beach volleyball um they're basically they're two completely different sports um and so the transition from indoor to beach was very difficult and i got there um and was just uh not very good <laughs> my first my first year so it's a it's a spring season so I was able to play two seasons technically um because I was in school there for a year and a half um so I didn't do very well but it was my goal to at least be on the travel team my first season so um worked really hard and reached my goal of getting to be on the travel team um so that was awesome and then um the season ended, and then going into the next year, I was like, all right, this is my last year playing collegiate athletics. Um, I know that I have the potential to get a lot better at the sport, so I'm just going to work my butt off and um, do what I can to, to get to be on the very top team. So the way beach volleyball works is you play with a partner, um, and in college there's teams one through five. And, um, so obviously the number one team is the best team. And then the number five, you know, goes down in order. Um, so it was my goal to be on that number one team. So worked my butt off, um, worked really, really hard to get there. Um, and then I would say like two weeks before the season was set to start. Um, I was playing with the best girl on the team, Katie Spieler. Um, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I did it. I made it to the number one team. (laughs) And I was so excited. And we, I mean, we had it, we all thought we had a good shot at winning the national championship that year. And so we were pumped going into the season, um, and just ready, so ready for, for it. And for what was to come. Um, and in the midst of all this, I met Isaac, my husband. Um, He played baseball at UH, and we actually met at FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Like I said at the beginning, um, the organization I work for now, and we actually both work for FCA now. Um, So we met at FCA and started dating. Um, We had been dating for about four months when the beginning of the season started. Um, And then all the craziness happened um, like a week before season uh, I decided to go on a hike, um, and with some of my friends, um, and so the, I, I journaled, journaled the whole process of what happened on that hike, um, like Saren was saying, so I feel like I'm a much better, um, internal processor than external processor, so I'm good at writing things out and, um, writing out my thoughts as opposed to speaking them. <laughs> so I journaled the whole thing. And to me, it's much more powerful than just me like telling the story of what happened. Um, so it's pretty crazy. Everything that happened. Um, I don't know if well, maybe Sarah this all, is,
0: <laughs> why don't you, um, go ahead and share what the end result was of the hike and where it so
1: like, Okay, um, so like the physical stuff that Yeah, happens. just, you know, what happened okay. when you got up to the top. <laughs> okay, okay. So um, this hike had waterfalls, and I um, <clears throat> was at the first waterfall and just tried to look over the edge of the waterfall. I had my GoPro on because um, it was strapped to my chest for this hike, so I turned my GoPro on. And then looked over the edge, and then I slipped and fell off this waterfall. And the waterfall was 40 to 50 feet high. Um, So started falling and um, hit a rock at the bottom. Um, It was basically just a free fall to the bottom. And I landed on my side and uh, broke 10 ribs. My lung collapsed. And... I fractured my scapula all on the left side. Um, It was pretty terrifying at first because obviously I didn't know what was wrong with me when it first happened. Um, So all I knew was that I couldn't really breathe because my lung had collapsed Um, and I tasted blood and it was pretty terrifying. I had to wait uh, for a helicopter to come get me um, because I couldn't walk out and my friends couldn't carry me. So, um waited there for about 40 minutes um and they took me up into the helicopter um and while I was waiting there just some crazy god moments happened like um this big group of my of friends from the church that I was going to at the time showed up like right before the helicopter got there and they saw me and they were like, Oh my gosh, is that Heather? <laughs> and they just instantly started praying for me. Um, so they just so happened to be on the hike on the same day at the same time. Like pretty incredible. Um, and, and then there was a random guy who was best friends with the air evacuation crew. So he texted them our exact location so that they could get there quicker. Um, and then the helicopter ride itself was it was pretty terrifying because I was hanging from a rope from the helicopter. They didn't even bring me up into the helicopter. Um, but I, I'm, I kid you not when I say this, that it was the most peaceful time of my life, um, being on that helicopter ride, um, just because I felt God's presence in a way that I never had before. And I just felt him with me. And I never trusted him so much as I did in that moment. And I, I just remember saying to myself over and over again, God's got me and I know I'm going to be okay. Um, and so I I just always remember that moment and just feeling God with me. I mean, I know he's always with me. Um, his Holy Spirit is with me all the time. Um, but just feeling, feeling him so powerfully um, was, yeah, just a super powerful moment. Um, and then Leaving there, I was in the hospital for a couple weeks um, and had to get my ribs plated because they were so out of place. So I have about five plates and 60 screws holding my ribs together. Um, and the doctor, I, I still remember when the doctor came in and told me about the surgery. Um, so he he just came out of nowhere and was like, okay, we're going to do surgery tomorrow. And I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> I guess that's cool. Um, But he told me that if we didn't do the surgery, uh, there was a good chance that I would, that I probably wouldn't be able to play volleyball again. And even with the surgery, he wasn't sure if I'd be able to play again. Um, And he told me it would be six months to a year before I could play again. And when he told me that, I just remember being devastated and, It just finally hit me that um, I was going to be out for my entire senior season at University of Hawaii and all the hopes and dreams that I had had of, um, you know, winning a national championship and having, like, all this fame and glory. It was just, you know, slipped right out of my fingertips. So that was really devastating to me to hear. Um, But, of course, I was – I mean, I've always been a hard worker. I've always been determined And I was determined in that moment to come back and keep playing volleyball and be stronger and even better than before. Um, So it was, man, definitely not easy. Um, My injuries could have been way worse, that's for sure. Um, I found out that someone fell from the same place I did two weeks before and they died. Um, I think they had hit their head and luckily I hadn't hit my head. Um, so that was a blessing also. Um, but regardless, it's still, I mean, if anyone's ever broken a rib before, you know how painful it is. And I had 10 of them broken. (laughs) So it was very painful along with my fractured scapula and a couple wounds and just getting my cardio back from the collapsed lung and everything. Um, it was a really hard and difficult process. and, man, I just, it just really humbled me, um, those few months after the accident, and I hadn't realized it before, um, but literally my whole life, volleyball had just been my everything, like, my everything above everything else, even God and my relationship with God, and, um, like, you guys know, because I work for FCA, so I'm, a really strong Christian and um, it, it just really took my faith to the next level because I realized how much I really needed God and needed to depend on him and his strength to get me through this time because I knew that I couldn't do it on my own and it made me realize that volleyball had been this idol in my life um and so an idol is just something that you put above everything else in your life that i mean we all have our idols right that we people that we look up to or whatever um but not even just that but like we all have that one thing that gets in the way of us living our normal life um whatever it is if it's like your significant other who is just you're you're absolutely everything and um you don't put God above that person or if it's it could be anything like food your relationship with food or um alcohol drugs not even crazy things like that could be like a car or something anything that you that you make the priority in your life when it shouldn't be the priority um and so I had realized that I was doing that with volleyball and it was coming before absolutely everything um And I, it really hit me one night when, can I, is it okay if I read this, uh, scripture that I found? Okay. Um, let me look it up real quick. While you're looking, oh, go go ahead. What were you going to say? Um, I was just going to explain that I was, um, the reason I looked this up is because, um, I was just having like a particularly bad day, excuse me. I think I we both have something night.
0: wrong with our throats because I keep muting myself. <laughs> <doing that. laughs>
1: it's just because when I talk so much, I don't know. I know. Like both <laughs> sorry if I sound raspy. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I have a raspy Chicago <clears throat> rat on the other yeah.
0: side
1: of the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, so funny. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was just having a really bad day. This is like two months after my accident and was just, you know, wallowing in my sorrows and thinking, ah, woe is me. Like this is such a bad position to be in. I'm so upset. (laughs) And so I was laying there and just wanted like a word from God before I went to sleep. And, um, I started, I went on my phone and started typing in, um, a Psalm. So the book of Psalms, and I started typing in Psalm 37, um, which is kind of a popular Psalm if you're familiar. Um, But my fingers kind of slipped and i accidentally typed in psalm 73 instead um and i was like Nah, i don't know what this is but i'm just gonna read it anyway and and see what it's about so and i started reading and then i just laughed to myself because (laughs) um okay so this is how it starts it says surely god is good to israel to those who are pure in heart but as for me my feet had almost slipped i had nearly lost my foothold (laughs) for it. so so I'm sitting there like two months after I just slipped and fallen off a waterfall and then God sends me this scripture that starts out by my feet had almost slipped like what just grabbed my attention right away So funny. and yeah it was funny but like not at the same time I was like God what what are you doing yeah just, yeah. yeah so the psalm goes on to talk about how we Um, like the next line is for, I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Um, I think we've all been in, in a position where we envy someone who has something that we desire, um, where we are looking at someone like, man, I want the success that they have. I want to be where they are. Um, I need to do better. I need to be better. I need to work as hard as I can to get there. Um, and honestly that's where I had been and that's where my mindset had been um I was working as hard as I could to get to be on that number one team for volleyball and I'd kind of lost sight of what was really important and that was my relationship with God um the God who had created me and gave up everything for me gave up his son (laughs) for me um and I lost sight of that um And this, this Psalm talks about how we just envy them because to, to us, it looks like they have no struggles and they have everything we need. These people that have success, but in reality, if they don't have that relationship with God and, um, that strong foundation, then it really doesn't mean anything. Like their success doesn't mean anything. Um, and so I, I, why does it not mean anything? because you don't have the thing that means the most, which is God and your relationship with him. Um, he's the, like I said, he's the one who created us. And um, we have to be thankful to him every day for that. And like, it really put my mind into perspective of realizing that um, the reason that I have the talents and abilities that I do, that I do have is because of how he made me and created me. Um, and he gave me the ability to play volleyball and to play beach volleyball. And I really just realized that I need to, like when I play to make sure that I keep that at the forefront of my mind and to glorify him with how I play, um, in my actions and in everything that I do. Um, and, and also like going back to my accident, just knowing that, I really should have died that day. Like numerous people have fallen from that same spot and they've died. So I know that God protected me that day. Um, yes, my injuries were not fun, <laughs> but um, it really gave me a chance to reset my mind. And when I started playing volleyball again after that, Oh my gosh, I was awful. It was so difficult. Like, so okay also random i went to sweden for a couple months (laughs) after uh my accident and just got trained by a coach there um and i remember my very first practice that i had it was me and three other swedish girls it was so bad probably the worst practice i've had of my life i just felt like i didn't even know what volleyball was and one of the girls comes up to me afterwards and she's like so have you ever played beach volleyball before (laughs) And I was like, "Oh, you don't even know. You God. don't even know what happened. You don't yeah. know my story." Like it was just so disheartening to hear that and to realize that I literally had to start over from ground zero. Yeah. Um. You no. Know, <laughs>
0: um. I will say that. You like, okay. So there's like a million things that I want to get into too. So, <laughs> um, first of all this literally, I don't even know where I was the other day. I, I was walking in a parking lot and I was uh-huh. thinking about some random things and just thinking about things in my own life that were happening. And I, something, not my voice told me with great power comes great <laughs> responsibility. And that's exactly what I was thinking. Is that is that what it is, right? With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. I think yeah, so. and that's exactly what I was thinking, you know, that actually just came to me again when you were talking mm-hmm. at the beginning, because I mean, everyone's heard like, you're not given what you can't handle, but like mm-hmm. these things, these things are given to you and just like you coming out of it, knowing that, um, like whether you're religious or not listening right now, um, it's like heather like you were just saying when i asked well why is that important for them to have a relationship with god or just to feel that relationship and that love um even you know even if they have everything and if they don't have that relationship then it doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. because i think that <clears throat> like even if you're not a religious person even if you're you know like you're like oh well what does that matter there's this there's this depth that you're missing if you don't have that love and appreciation because you don't get that, you don't get that appreciation and that thankfulness and that gratitude for what you are given and Mm -hmm. remembering that, you know, it's, it's a, it's a gift. Like being in this world is a gift and all of your gifts are gifts. Like every, Mm -hmm. every skill, every every emotion, every little trait that you have is literally a gift. And it's given to you in the most beautiful, perfect, unique formula. And you get to use it. And then there's things in this world that pop up that that grow them, that nurture them. And so like that experience that Heather had, that's a nurturing experience. Like that's nurturing your faith, Heather, and nurturing mm-hmm. your trust. And it's just like flower. It's like almost I'm picturing flowers, you know, Mm -hmm. Any one of these things, they could be positive, negative. They're just like pouring water on your little gifts and these little things that might not have sprouted yet, like your faith even, or your trust, or your relationship with God, or your relationship with whatever, and they're helping them pop out. And it's people like you, Heather, who share these things. And um, like I said, whether you are religious or not, like either way, it's giving you that it's giving you that new perspective that it's important. It's important to have these things. And it's important to know that there's something much greater than us, that we are, we are, this life is a gift. It's a gift. Mm -hmm. And when you have all of the things and you have all of the money and you have all of this and blah, 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 there's, there's usually, I mean, from the people I've interviewed and from my own knowing, like there's some sort of emptiness that is still there. If Mm -hmm. there is not that, that gratitude and that, um,
1: yeah, that Mm -hmm. gratitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I honestly don't like, man, I don't know where I would be without just understanding my relationship with God and having that, like, it sounds scary to not have that. And to just, I just feel like I would be lost and probably really sad. Um, I, there's just a joy that comes from having that relationship and knowing, um, just who created me and, um, and it's really just a beautiful thing. And it, and it, it, it really keeps me, keeps me on track, keeps me centered because I know that I know who I have trust in and it's not me trusting in myself and, um, the things that I do because in the end, like, I mean, man, we're all, we're all people who we all have faults. Um, and so we can't really rely on, you know, trusting ourselves or anything, but we have to, um, really dig deeper and find that relationship. And, um, I, I actually lead, um, a Bible study too, for, uh, beach volleyball players around the, just this LA area where I live. Um, and we had one last night and we were talking about, um, being created in God's image. Um, and, and just what that means, um, because that's what it, it tells us in his word that we're created in his image. Um, And really when you think about it, like God tells us to love him and to love others. And so being created in his image just means that we're, we are loved and we're going to love others. (laughs) And if, if we can remember that, then like, those are the two, the two biggest principles of you know um i know i keep talking about um being a christian but that's what i am so i'm i'm just yeah. owning it yeah. um but like in i mean in the christian faith that's you know that's what we believe and um and what we know to be true and um just loving with the love that jesus did and that he's the ultimate example for us um so yeah just like going back to what you were saying it's It's a beautiful thing once you do find that relationship, and once you do realize that um there's something bigger than you and it's not just yourself, your little self on this planet and your little world yeah. <laughs> there's something much more more way more important so
0: i um so yesterday i actually just wrote this in my journal this morning, and I think obviously, like we both know Heather, but like we're both very deep and spiritual and obviously have kind of two different, I mean, I was raised Jewish, so, (laughs) but we have, we like, I think it's a mutual common ground that everything like, you know, in any religion too, it's like a common ground of something. So maybe this will make sense, but the other, no, last night, actually I was just, I was at a lake and I was just sitting there and I was just, um, I was just sitting there and it like happened to be just literally peaceful. And I don't even know why I went. I just thought I was like sleep driving there and I was like, (laughs) well, I'm here. I guess I'll just go sit here. And I was staring at the water and I was staring at the trees and like, this sounds crazy, but I just, I was staring at these things and I'm like, you know what? These, like the water, the trees, all of these beautiful, amazing things are no different than me. They are literally like my brothers and sisters. Like we are all on this planet, on this world together. And I literally feel like I'm looking at my siblings right now. Like I am related to them because, you know, the same energy that created them created me. And like, we are all so powerful and it's a really amazing, beautiful thing. To think, and I mean not everyone is there where like you can feel that or you want to feel that or anything, but it's, um, it 's like with each other in this world, people like we are all we are all exchanging that energy, so like what we are putting out, we are bringing in, and we 're giving to the world and it 's giving back to us and it's and we 're all just like connected through this one energy, this one God energy, this God and it's like it's I mean it's beautiful, but I mean, I wasn't really going anywhere with that, but I just wanted to say that,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to even like what I was talking about with um, <clears throat> God being the creator of everything um and being created in his image, and what's awesome though, is that like, yeah, everything was created by him, but it's like, he, we are special as humans. Like he created us to be special and like Mm -hmm. to be made in his image. And so apart from everything else in creation, like we have this responsibility to, um, you know, just live, live a life of love. Like I said, like Jesus did. And And we deserve Um, it too.
0: And I I literally just recorded an episode on that this morning. How hard (laughs) for us to imagine, you know, it's hard for us to accept that we, how special we are and that we deserve Mm -hmm. the world. And we were given, we have the world in us because we live in love. We live in that love. And Mm -hmm. it's like, as humans, sometimes it's really hard for us to accept that we deserve that. Like we deserve the world. And it's our, like you said, it's, it's our mission. It's here, we're yeah. here on this earth to change the world. And yeah. it doesn't matter, to, matter if you're a janitor or like what, but you're mm-hmm. changing this world, how you are. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. deserve, you deserve, even if you're going through mm-hmm. rough times, hard times, like you, it doesn't mean you have to feel like, terrible it's just mm-hmm. like you, you deserve happy you deserve love
1: mm-hmm. and that's a good point I like what you said about like it doesn't matter if you're a janitor or like I don't know it's the other end of the spectrum like the CEO of a huge company like no matter what it is that you do for your job or just your <clears throat> like your daily life your habits and everything your hobbies um, just knowing that we can do them all with a purpose. And like we said before that um, we all have these gifts and abilities that we've been given. And so whatever it is, whether it's like the most menial tasks or that you think are the most menial tasks, or if it's something that other people see as like, wow, that's really impressive. You have a really cool job, <laughs> like, or anywhere in between, um, like it, it all matters. It's all important. And we can all do, we can do all of those things with gratitude um, with thankfulness and with purpose and working hard because um, like we know that we do have purpose here and, and we can be a light to someone else. Um, <clears throat> if they're, you know, if they're in darkness and um, just being like that positive light to other people because having, having that good mindset is, um, really what we're called to do and called to be yeah
0: yeah um oh this just <laughs> makes me think how lucky I am to have a friend like you. I love you.
1: Oh, I love you too. <laughs> uh,
0: I was thinking I need to tell her that after, but it just
1: spilled. <laughs>
0: <out.
1: So. laughs> okay. Um, yeah.
0: So I, all right. Well, I told you the other day too, after I, um, also if you didn't read that picture of that, those words I sent you, read it after this, but, um, okay. Because <laughs> I know you didn't read it yet. But um, you're usually good at reading and doing things that way better yes. than Tiffany. Sorry. I, I uh,
1: one, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, called out. <laughs> sorry,
0: um, she'll laugh at it. Anyway. Um, if
1: she ever listens. If
0: she ever <laughs>
1: listens. This will um, be a, a test.
0: Called <laughs> out again. <by> <laughs>
1: sorry. Continue. <laughs>
0: So as I was telling you after um, I listened to your recording that you sent me, like what really popped out at me, like, especially in that moment was you talking about like idols and you talked about Mm -hmm. it a little while ago here and you even mentioned, you know, it could be with anything. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be with like, it doesn't have to be major, but obviously like people who have listened to the podcast know I've talked about mine being food and my relationship Mm -hmm. with food and how I how I let that you know overpower me, but um, like, and it doesn't have to be so major. It could be like you said, a car, or it could be mm-hmm. um, it could be texting. It could be like yeah. sharing yourself on social media. Social media, and, yeah, that's a huge one. But like, yeah. when you re, honestly, that word idol, it really reframes like the perspective for me because I, you know, you think about okay, this is overpowering me. Yeah, that. To me, I mean, everyone has a different relationship with different words, but like when I hear the word overpowering or taking over, or blah, 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 it's not as powerful as saying literally you are making something, you're idol. That's, and to mm-hmm. me, like idol connects with the word worship. So that means yes, you are absolutely. worshiping. Yeah. Like you're worshiping yeah. that thing and saying mm-hmm. that it has power over you and that mm-hmm. that's your, like you're literally bowing down to it. And Mm -hmm. in that moment that you can remember that, you can take your power back and you can Mm -hmm. start to remember what is, what do I want to worship? Like what, what is important to me? What do I value? What do I want to fill myself up? Because almost like worshiping something, idolizing something, that is what your juice is. It's your gasoline. So what Mm -hmm. do you want to fill your body, your energy, your spirit with? Like, Mm -hmm. is it that, is it that sex? Is it that guy? Is it that like food? Is it that, you know, whatever, or is it Mm -hmm. that love from, and everyone there's like, everyone is different. Is it the love from your faith? Is it love from your community? Is it love from, I don't know, you need that, you need, you need that something. And especially like, this is a whole different topic, but when you have habits, you know, you need, if you want to replace them like alcoholics, right? Like you need to find something to replace it with. Otherwise you're going to still feel like you still need to fill yourself with that. And it's just about replacing and
1: finding a positive outlet to fill yourself with instead.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And man, idols, an idol is a powerful, powerful thing in your life. And it can have way more power than you even think. And I really think that we, every single one of us, we have something that's an idol in our life. Even if you're just getting over realizing what one is, like there's something else there. Yeah. <laughs> there's always
0: like, you're yeah. never just us. Like, you, yeah, you need something to fill you. That's just as, mm-hmm. as human, mm-hmm. as humans, we need that. And um, mm-hmm. so what... Uh, what was your – because I know you said that you can't imagine your life without having God as that that idol for you and feeling that comfort. Mm-hmm. But there was mm-hmm. a time where you didn't feel that. You didn't feel mm-hmm. it as much as you do now or even at all. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to someone who maybe is looking for that feeling and they're mm-hmm. like, I, can, I just can't get there. Like I'm not religious. I don't know how to get there. I don't even know what to like fill myself with. I don't want to believe in this and that
1: like how do Mm -hmm. I find that comfort and that faith Mm -hmm. um so I didn't mention this before but also I was born and raised Catholic in the Catholic faith um and like I'm super grateful for I went to Catholic school kindergarten through eighth grade and so um got the background of faith um and just knowing about God and Jesus and um and all of that um but growing up I mean I was also I mean, I still am, but very much so a rule follower. (laughs) Um, and so, I mean, with, with a religion and with Catholicism, it was like kind of all these rules that we had to follow. Um, and just, it was kind of, you know, beaten to our heads a little bit that, um, we had to do these things. Otherwise, you know, God looks down on you and all that. Um And so growing up, even though I was like, I was a very devout Catholic, I went to church every Sunday and I was an altar server and sang choir, all that kind of stuff. And I loved it. I really, I really did. Um, but I, I just didn't understand what that relationship with God was Um and being able to just, lift up a prayer to him at at any moment of the day because I know that he's constantly with me no matter what um and it really um it it was it was a slow process for me so it wasn't like one moment it was just wow okay I know exactly what I need to do um, to pursue this relationship with God and like, it feels great. And now it's like completely turning the corner. And I think that's how it is for a lot of people. It's not just like that one moment, even though I had my accident to help me learn. um, it's, it's a learning process and it's going to take time. Um, and I think just to be able to understand a little better, um, I always like using the, um, analogy of, you and your relationship with your significant other. So whether or not you have one or you had one in the past, um, you can imagine like if you're dating someone, um, you're obviously going to want to spend time with them. You're going to want to hang out with them. Um, you're going to want to talk to them on the phone. You're going to want to laugh with them, tell them what's bugging you, um, and have that open communication. You're not going to just if you're dating someone, if you genuinely love them, you're not going to see them once a month and then that's it. (laughs) And that's all that you put into it. Um, so I, I compare that to my relationship with God. Like, um, he's given us the Bible. He's given us his word to read and to understand him better. Um, he tells us in his word that we need to be in community with, other like-minded people um who can hold us accountable who can um help us grow um as believers of him um so reading the word being in community and prayer praying is super important and i would say those three things like if you don't really know how to start pursuing that relationship um those three things are the top 3 and even if you have no idea where to start with those three things like just start <laughs> that's the best thing that you can do. Um, and, and as you continue, like, as you get into a habit, it's going to become uh, more natural for you. And you're going to like, keep desiring to learn more, um, from his word and desire to spend more time with him. Like that relationship with your significant other, you're going to grow in that love. Um, and just, um, understanding that, um, God loves you and, and wants you to love him back more than anything. Um, and so that's, that's, that's what happened for me is, um, I just realized, man, I want to spend more time with him, (laughs) like as much as I possibly can. And so did those three things, um, really the, uh, being in his word community and prayer and with prayer, like it sounds scary and intimidating. And like, when you're first starting out, you might not know, like, what do I do? Do I have to be like, kneeling down and with my eyes closed and all that and um yes that's reverent and um there are moments in life where i've prayed like that um but we can pray to god when we're just walking down the street we can be like hey god that encounter that i just had um that wasn't good and i need help with trying to figure out how to um navigate it so if you could please help me that would be great <laughs> like just little things like that it doesn't have to be something elaborate or something um uh like just a memorized prayer that you might have learned growing up it doesn't have to be that it's just a relationship it's a real relationship just like you would have a relationship with that significant other um so that's how it transformed for me um just when I finally made the realization that that is what it means and that it's not about the rules um I don't even really like the term religion, honestly, uh, because to me, religion is man-made and it's, um, religions are things that men made to try to put stuff into a box and say like, yes, I'm being good. I'm being a good person. I can check off this, my list and see that I'm being good. Um, But it's really just more about the faith and having faith.
0: I like that. Yes.
1: Sorry, that was a long answer, but that's
0: okay. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I um I think that is a very important thing to point to is that um you said like it didn't happen instantly and it doesn't. And I think that just a relationship, I think that everything really revolves around trust and how much your trust and your faith grows. And Mm -hmm. um I there is like an example. I read somewhere that a long time ago that I always think of that was like, it's like bungee jumping, you know, it's, you're, you don't know what's, you're scared. The jump is the hardest part, but you mm-hmm. know, like you'll be fine when you fall because you're held, Yeah, you're held on to it yeah. and it ends up okay. Like so yeah, it's, and actually I just remembered where that's from, that's from <laughs> that. Remember when I went to, like, you came home on Christmas, and your uh-huh. um, boxes were eaten by rats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awful.
0: <laughs> and I took that 100 days of Bible yes. from your yes. cats eaten by rats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
0: it, yeah, and it says something like that. But oh, I love it.
1: Still I, put it to good use. <laughs>
0: I still have it, yeah, and it has, like, a note to you in it. To Heather, it's in, in my <laughs> home. But, um, That's awesome. Yeah, I I yeah, so I think that it's those little leaps and those little things like we were just talking about, you know, before we jumped on to record, like uh my last year, like I've had some crazy crazy struggles and mm-hmm. and this year alone even though I've had really crazy things happen to me in my own life like with sickness and all of that, like this year, since I was doing basically everything on my own, it was like, I am I feel like I'm coming out of it with a, my eyes were closed for a year. And then mm-hmm. during that process, there was a lot of shifting and like, I'm opening them to realizing, hey, like all of these little things have built so much faith in me and so much trust where, um, like you mentioned prayer. Um I think that it's really important to remember that like a prayer we pray for things that we think we need and we need to let go of what we think we need and let God lead the way. Like I let go mm-hmm. and I let God lead the way. I yeah. let the spirit lead the way. I let whatever lead the way. Like let go, let just let it go what you think you need and and um like my latest thing that I just say to myself every morning and every night is that what is for my highest good shows up clearly in my days. Like it shows up clearly for me and I just let it be. And, um, I think that's a really important thing. And it's almost like jumping off of a bungee cord. Um, we're mm-hmm. not good jumping out of the cord, you know, jumping off. The <laughs> <mat>. <laughs> and yeah. remembering that you can just say like, I I'm scared I'm lost or like, I don't know what to do. And then really just like step back and trust rather than hitting that nail in the head and beating up against it because that's not going to do anything. It's not going to give you any solutions because then you're just, you're in that constant state of fear. And when you Mm -hmm. can literally move back into that state of love and, you know, like be like, Hey, this is fear. This is not real. This is not, this is not real. This is not my true self. This is not my mind this is just, or it is my mind. It's my mind making up these things. It's not me. It's not my spirit and move back into that place of love. And remember mm-hmm. like, I've, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And <laughs> just <laughs> step back and like, let, let, let yourself be led. Like, I think that's how you gain that relationship as well with God, with the universe Mm -hmm. with whatever you believe in, with whatever that like power is for you that fills you and keeps you running on faith.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) But I also um, think it's important, like you said, uh, I don't know if you heard that. My computer keeps making noises, but community, um, that's a big thing I've learned is it's really important yes. to have a community mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it definitely makes it easier when it is like there's a community based around like what you believe. I mean, that's what you mm-hmm. need to find your community. And honestly, is mm-hmm. even if it's softball, like find <laughs> like-minded people that you can, that will keep you moving and keep you going. Like
1: community mm-hmm. is very,
0: very important.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, God. I mean, <laughs> God. God didn't create us to, to be. <laughs> I don't know, dyslexic, I guess. Um, God didn't create us to be alone. I mean, he when he created, in the very beginning, he created the first man. He was like, hmm, it's not good for a man to be alone. Let me create someone else. <laughs> so, like from the from the very beginning, God has said, we're not supposed to be alone. We're supposed to be surrounded by other people. Even if you're an introvert like me, because I'm a total introvert. <laughs> It's still good to be around people, and, and man, because we all go through some hard stuff, and we can't go through it on our own. We just can't.
0: Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> not possible. Everyone is, God speaks through other people. Yes, so you have to be open to hearing those messages, and. Mm -hmm. open to hearing those. And like I said, even if you're someone listening and you're like, I'm not a big God person, like it doesn't really matter. Like there are these messages everywhere, like, and maybe you have a different word for God, but it's like, you have to be open to hearing these things because that it's always, it's always there for you. You're always provided. You're always provided. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yes. So, okay. Well, I still want to put in that, um, that recording and I actually have to go, which we talked about. (laughs) We definitely (laughs) ran over. It's okay. Good talk forever. I know. I know. Um, okay. So is there anything else that you feel like you want to like bring up or share really quickly or that, um, I don't know, is on your mind?
1: Um, I feel like that's if not that's the gist, awesome. the gist of it. Um, yeah, I think that was that was good. <laughs> so,
0: um, I'll have to ask you the question that I ask all of my guests at the end mm-hmm. of our conversation. It's, mm-hmm. It is la, 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 la. If Someone asked you how they can hear their soul speak. What would you tell them?
1: Hmm. Um. Well. I think it's pretty simple for me. I mean, like I've been talking about God this whole time <laughs> and my faith in Christianity. So I would say pursue a relationship with God, um, the God of the Bible who um, gave up his son so that we could be free of sin and have eternity with him forever. Um, so I would say if you want to hear your your soul speak, then um pursue that relationship with God through the three, the three things that I had mentioned, um, through reading his word, being community and praying, just developing that relationship as much as you can, because, um, that's really the most important thing in in this life. And you don't want to mess around with those idols that get in the way of everything because that's just going to derail you. So, um, pursue that relationship. That's what I would say.
0: And I want to say, I want to mention something too. Um, because I feel like, uh, you know, back in the day when I was just start, I was maybe like 20 or 20 or so. And I like, like, I, I think I told you I was going to make my bat mitzvah speech about how God isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you ever told me that. Really? Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I was literally going to do that. But I, you know, as I've gotten older, I've figured out it's because. I really saw like God and all these people as just characters and I didn't believe in the characters, mm-hmm. but now as I'm older, mm-hmm. I see it more as the energy as the love as a feeling. And, um, like, you know, what helped me to start off is like, cause I'm not, and I still do a lot of different things, but, um, you know, the those three areas they can be different things. Like a community, it could be just a community of people that make you feel grounded, or that make you feel at home, and that keep you going. Like it, if it's um the word, like it could be a book that just keep like is giving you that love that God love. You know, it maybe you're not ready for like the Bible or a specific religion, but like it could be just something that fills you. And then what was the third one you said again? Uh, prayer. Care. And yeah, like we were talking about building that faith and building that trust in prayer. And like, maybe it's just like meditating, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways, but those three foundational things, I think that you can, you can do a lot with them. Like no matter who you are, what background you come from, I think that there's a common ground you can find for all of that.
1: Mm-hmm. You have to start somewhere for sure. Yeah.
0: You have to start somewhere. And like you, you are where you are and you know what you know. So you have to just be where you are because like, you're not in the wrong spot ever. And you're always, you're always in the right spot. So mm. yeah,
1: I love that. Thank you. I think those are like
0: key. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, um, of
1: course.
0: Um, where can everyone find you, Heather, if they want to follow along and
1: find you? <laughs> Hmm. Um, well, I have Instagram and Facebook. Um, I'm not huge on social media, even though I need to be better for my, uh, did you say huge or cute? Huge. I thought you said cute. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that either. Posting all big pics, you know? <laughs> um, no, I'm not very good at it, but I need to be better for feature volleyball and stuff. But yes, you can find me on Instagram and, and website. Facebook. Oh, yeah. um, uh, I haven't really updated it in a while, so let's okay. not lead people there. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, go to this. Yeah,
0: yeah go to them. Um,
1: but if if you Google Heather Boyan, you'll probably find some articles about me falling off the waterfall. So <laughs> if you Heather want to find Nathan that,
0: wasn't the one who fell? Off. Yeah, <laughs> so it was Heather Boyan. Yeah, Heather Boyan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep.
0: And I'm looking at my screen in front of me right now. It just says Heather. <laughs> that's I mean, a zoom call and <laughs> well, um, only, only heather no, <laughs> um so yeah i'll put all those links in the show notes so you guys can look her up but anyway cool. thank you so much heather for coming on the podcast of course thank so you for fun. having me
1: of this has course. been great I know. and thank you to all of Saren's listeners yes,
0: <laughs> thank you and all of to heather's listeners that are yes listening. The podcast. <laughs> yeah, and if you guys love this episode, share it with someone who you feel like may need it. And um, like I said, wherever I insert that um, that clip, it'll be inserted. in So <laughs>
1: cool.
0: All right. Well, anyway, thanks, Heather. I will. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon.
1: <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> thanks, Erin. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye
0: all right everybody as you can tell that was a very special episode because first of all it's heather heather my love friezen who i called Boyan like 30 times and i still can't believe i'm doing that (laughs) i still am doing it but um as promised in the beginning here is the rest of heather's journal entry so you will get to hear a little bit more in depth what she was feeling during and after and all of that get into her head with it and it's really interesting just to see how she was feeling, what she was thinking, what she was scared of, what she wasn't scared of and all of that. So, here it is and I will talk to you guys next time. This is
1: We had to hike up alongside the side of the first waterfall to make our way closer to the end of the hike. My friend Austin went first and I went second. There aren't many times in your life when you get to look over the edge of a 50-foot waterfall, so I took that opportunity. I switched my GoPro that was strapped to my chest on to video mode and slowly made my way a little bit closer to the edge, and that's when it happened. Like I said, I had my GoPro on me, so I have the video of it, and I'm going to show you guys what happened. Be thankful that you're not seeing the whole video because (laughs) it's... um, Pretty, yeah, just can't even explain in words, but, so as you can see from the video, there was a little trickle of water that was in the shadows that my right foot stepped on. As soon as it did, I completely lost my footing with nothing to grab onto. I started falling down the 50-foot drop, and my body turned to face the rocks. I remember seeing a little ridge that I thought I would be able to grab onto. I'll be fine, I thought. I'll grab on, and Austin will be able to pull me up. No big deal. But the rock was too slippery. <clears throat> I lost my grip and I fell the next 40 or so feet down the face of the waterfall. During this time that you just saw, time seemed to slow down to a standstill. I could feel my body free falling, picking up speed. I heard Austin screaming, Heather, panic in his voice. There was nothing I could do to stop it, it was happening. All I could think was, everyone's going to hate me. Everyone's going to be so worried. My coaches, my team, Isaac, my family, my friends, I'm so stupid. Why does this have to be happening? As you could see, I hit the bottom. I smashed my left side into a rock around the basin of the waterfall and then fell into the water on my back with my backpack still on me. I came up from the water and just remember feeling like I couldn't breathe, couldn't move, Couldn't do anything but moan and try as hard as I could to catch my breath. I grabbed onto the ledge of rocks, holding myself up and thinking that I needed the hospital ASAP. Someone needs to call for an ambulance and helicopter. My friend Austin helped me over to a place where I could sit and my whole upper left side felt immobilized. Two random guys, Andrew and Tom, seemed to have appeared out of nowhere. They offered me their hands and I held on and squeezed like it was my only job. I didn't cry, didn't shed a tear, Andrew and Tom talked to me to try to distract me, and Andrew told me he was from Chicago, and it made me happy to talk about Chicago things. They kept telling me to take slow and deep breaths, but I couldn't. My left lung felt crumpled, like there was something inside preventing me from breathing. I could taste blood in my mouth, and I knew there was something wrong. My mind was set on getting to the hospital, and I kept asking when they were going to be there to rescue me. The whole time, I just kept saying, Please, God, let me be okay. Let me be okay. Please. I stared down at my hip where there was a wide-open gash bleeding into the water I was laying in. I wondered what bacteria was getting in it. I wondered why I tasted blood. I wondered why this had to happen. One week before our season. I wondered if I'd ever be able to play volleyball again. The sounds around me were frantic, but I focused on Andrew and Tom. You're so brave, Andrew said. I'd be crying like a baby if this were me. I saw hikers at the top of the waterfall looking down at me, curious to see what was happening. I heard Austin talking about how there was a random hiker who was friends with the air evacuation crew, and he had texted them our exact location. After what seemed like an eternity, I finally heard the helicopter. Austin told me they were trying to find a good place to put down the cage that was going to carry me. I got so cold that I started shivering. I watched my friend Carson, who was holding my leg up, cover her head so she wouldn't get hit with branches that were flying from the wind of the helicopter. Someone was covering my head with a towel so I wouldn't get hit. The helicopter noise went away, and I asked where it was going. They told me it was just looking for a good place to get through the trees. A few minutes later, the sound reappeared, and with it came firemen. They asked me a bunch of questions like my name and where I was and what day it was. I could confidently say February 27, 2016. Then, out of nowhere, I saw a few of my church friends from the Christian church I was going to. My heart leapt and I was instantly filled with happiness. What are the chances they would be on this hike? On the same day, at the exact same time, they had no idea I was going to be there. They immediately started praying for me. The firemen put me in a neck brace and everyone came together to help lift me onto the board. It hurt, but I tried not to think about it. My friends Nico and Kaini kept praying and all I was focusing on was their words. the commotion. They got me onto the board and into the cage from the helicopter and I could see I was just hanging from a rope from the helicopter. My friends that were there also, one of them took a video of me going up on the helicopter ride, so I have that as well that I want to share with you guys, so if you could play the helicopter video. It's a little crazy, but you'll get the picture. (laughs) I had just one moment of fright, but then the helicopter started moving and I was lifted up. My friends all told me they would meet me at the hospital. While some would have been scared out of their minds hanging from that helicopter all by themselves, I know I would have been about a year before. The time it took to evacuate me from the waterfall to where an ambulance was waiting at the end of the hike was the most peaceful time of my life. As I was lifted up through the trees, I was greeted by the sun. Its warm rays touched my cold skin, and I had to close my eyes because of its sheer brightness. Not a cloud in the sky, just the sun and all its warmth shining down on me. The sun that had made me happy since I was a little girl, that could make me forget every other worry and simply just be God's magnificent creation. So I laid there, unmoving, flying high in the sky in a basket tethered to the bottom of a helicopter, not afraid for my life, but rather grateful for the promise of my future and for our amazing God. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) God's got me, I said to myself over and over again. I prayed that he would stay with me and protect me and that I would be okay. I absolutely cherished those few moments of utmost peace and warmth before chaos hit once again like a slap to the face. Once I got to the ambulance, the questions and the people just kept on coming so much chaos and confusion and hurriedness. All I wanted to know was what was wrong with me. I remember riding over the bumps of the Hawaiian roads in that ambulance cringing, sirens blaring. I thought about how I see ambulances every day but never thought that it would be me and one rushing to the hospital. We reached Queen's Hospital in what seemed like 30 seconds to me. They immediately took me to the ER, cut my clothes off, and told me that I was going to be asked a lot of questions. There were so many people moving around that I didn't know what to think. I just listened to their words to try to find out what was wrong with me. Crepitus, ribs, pneumothorax, frightening words. A young doctor came up to me and told me he was going to make the incision for my chest tube and then stitch up the gashes on my hip and my forearm. They said that it might hurt, but I didn't really feel a thing. The only thing I worried about was why I needed a chest tube in the first place. But once they put it in, I found myself breathing easier. My left lung was reinflated, no longer collapsed. I was getting fixed, slowly but surely. I remember shivering like crazy, just so cold from my wet clothes. They kept putting warm blankets on me, and I finally calmed down, warmed up, and stopped shivering. As the young doctor was stitching me up, my teammates and friends started to file into the emergency room. The first person I saw was my teammate Hannah Rooks, and I instantly started crying. It was just the second time that I cried since the slip. I looked at her and was just so happy to see her but so sad at the same time. How could this be my life? How could this happen one week before my season started? All I could say to her and to all of my teammates was, I'm so sorry. It broke my heart to pieces when Katie Spieler, the girl I was supposed to play with that season, walked in and started crying. I said the same thing to her, I'm so sorry. She didn't deserve to have her senior season complicated so last minute like this, and I couldn't believe I'd worked so hard to get to play with her. But now that opportunity had fallen right off the waterfall with me and shattered just like my ribs. My friends and teammates kept filing in and out, and I just kept apologizing. RJ, the pastor at my Christian church, came by and prayed for me. Eventually, they finished stitching me up and took me to my room, where I laid with no pillow and the stupid neck collar still around my neck. They wouldn't take it off until they were sure I had no spine damage. They also wouldn't let me eat or drink anything until they were sure I didn't need surgery. I was so thirsty, and the only thing they finally let me do was nibble on some ice chips. At some point that first night I was in the hospital, I got a phone call from Isaac, who's now my husband. I just knew he was probably so worried and torn up inside. He was all the way in San Francisco on a road trip and probably felt helpless. I don't remember much of the conversation aside from him sounding very concerned. And I also remember, how could I forget, him telling me over the miles, his voice cracking, I love you so much. And I said it back. It was the first time we told each other we loved each other. (laughs) While I was laying in a hospital bed with a previously collapsed lung, ten broken ribs, a fractured scapula, and a couple deep wounds to go along with it and he sat in a hotel a couple thousand miles away, across an ocean. I knew he'd been wanting to say it for a while, and really, what better time? (laughs) I remember more than a few moments from my 12 days in the hospital, which were clouded by, assuredly, my shock and pain, and the countless number of Percocets that I consumed. And it's those memories that I want to recount. I remember my friend Natalie staying with me that first night, making sure I was okay. I remember the countless and seemingly endless number of visitors that came through, annoyed my neighbors, made me laugh even though it hurt, prayed for me, showered me with flowers and books and chocolates that I wasn't supposed to eat because it was Lent and I'd given up chocolate for Lent. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> and over and above all, it made me feel so loved and cared for. I remember using the bedpan to pee and how miserable that was, to overflow the pan and then need to be moved to have my sheets changed. I remember watching my arm and hand as they swelled up and worrying that I would lose my arm because of the infection that I had. Removing those stitches was one of the most painful things that I've ever experienced. I remember almost half my team coming to Bible study and gathering around me at the end to pray for me in my little hospital room. I remember my brother and sister telling me they were flying in to be with me. My brother, who'd been saving up to come to Hawaii since I got there, finally making it, only to sit by my bed in the hospital for four days. My sister, flying out just for two days, even though she'd just started a new job in San Diego. I remember Dr. Louie coming in that Wednesday and telling me I needed surgery ASAP because my ribs were so out of place. I remember him telling me that it would be six months to a year before I could try to play volleyball again, and the tears came instantly, freely and strongly. I remember being in that surgery room just before I went under. The coldness, the sterility, the anxiousness, the worry. All to be clouded over by the anesthesia as I blacked out and went under the knife. I remember my worst day in the hospital, the day after surgery. All I wanted to do was sleep, but the doctors and the nurses just wouldn't leave me alone. All the way up until one in the morning when the crazy man finished the ultrasound on my arm. (laughs) I remember my friend Carson coming in with her beautiful painting that she'd made for me of a sunset because I didn't have a window. I remember the sailor from UH coming to tell me she'd fallen on a hike and sustained similar injuries, but that she was alive and well to talk about it. She assured me that I would be okay and that I would make it through this. I remember all those who decided to stay the night with me in the hospital, Natalie, Michaela, Isaac, and my brother and sister, sacrificing their time, comfort, and sleep just to make sure I was okay. I remember vividly Dr. Lugley coming to my bedside the day after my surgery and telling me that I was very, very lucky. He'd found three lacerations while performing my surgery that he had stitched up, one on my pericardium on the outside of my heart, one on my lung, and one on my diaphragm. I knew that I was lucky to be alive. I remember completely and utterly breaking down when it all finally hit me, when I went on Facebook for the first time and saw the articles They said, Rainbow Wahine, out for senior season. I remember walking down the hall for the first time, feeling like Bambi and simply wondering how I'd ever be able to play volleyball again. I remember getting my hip stitches dug out because the skin had grown so much over them. I remember the pain, the sadness, the guilt, the smells, the restless nights, the frustration, and the heart-stabbing disappointment of losing my senior season. But most of all, I remember the hope that God gave me and the work that I saw done because of my accident. I had made a whole new group of friends who started going to my Christian church because of everything that had happened. Almost half of my team showed up to church that Sunday after it happened. I had people from literally everywhere telling me they were praying for me. My friend Jack, who was with us on the hike but had to head back early by himself, told me that he had stopped in his tracks and got down on his knees and prayed when he felt the Lord calling him to do so, even though he had no idea what had happened. My brother sent me countless verses as encouragement, and my friend Austin became a regular at my Christian church. I could have died. Someone fell from the same place I did two weeks before, and unfortunately, they died. But I had God on my side. He wasn't ready for me to go yet. That hiker who was able to text the air evacuation crew my exact location saved my life. My church friends, who just so happened to be on the hike the same day, at the same time, prayed for me, unceasingly, and saved my life. My friend Jack, who hadn't gone to church in months, but found himself praying in the middle of the jungle, even though he had no idea why, saved my life. God's overwhelming grace and peace gave me the fortitude to stand up to Satan and say, no, I will not give up, and I will not break down. My God is an amazing God. So what now? I get better each day, sometimes in small ways, sometimes in larger ways. But I am on a path to success. I will come back better and stronger than before. I commit all of my life and my trust to God. With Him by my side, nothing and no one can take me down. This is a time of building my relationship with him so that I know him and love him above all else and can rely on him when life seems too tough to handle. God, my life is in your hands, your all-knowing and loving hands. I will follow the path you have for me, however painful and treacherous. I will glorify you in all that I do. Your desires are my desires, and my life will be complete once I accomplish all the tasks that you have for me. I will not fear, for you are with me. I will not be dismayed, for you are my God. You will strengthen me and help me. You will uphold me with my righteous right hand.